Welcome to Origin Gates podcast. It's called Wisdom's Echo. And I'm Ray Hughes. I'm going to be sharing with you today. If you have your Bibles with you today and you want to turn to one of my favorite places in all of Scripture, and I don't think I will ever, ever be able to get away from, is the book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17. And, and I know I've shared on podcasts here before, Wisdom's Echo, I've talked about um, David uh, and Goliath. Um, as a matter of fact, this week will be 50 years that I've been, been in ministry and traveling uh, around the world doing what I do. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, I've never, I've never tired of um, this amazing, multifaceted, um, sometimes quite complex, sometimes overly simple uh, man that lived so long ago and we understand him to be a prophet, priest, and king, that triune anointing that was on his life. Uh, sometimes we fail to realize there's 20, uh, it's actually 327 verses of prophecy came out of David's life, not to even speak of all the Psalms, and, and, uh, which gave us our Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, he, the way he shaped language, the way he shaped humanity as a result of his creativity and the revelation that he walked in. Uh, the encounters that he had. Uh, what an amazing individual. Uh, and, and of course, uh, most of the time when you hear David's name, you think of the battle between uh, David and Goliath. That's what made him famous. Uh, but I will say uh, that that's not what made him great. Uh, he certainly gained some sense of fame, you know, being the underdog, uh, the little guy fighting the big guy, and he becomes the, the hero of humanity down through the ages and all of that. Uh, but, but there was more to him than what happened to that day. And that's a part of what I want to talk about today. I, 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 I don't want to just re, uh, reiterate and reiterate and reiterate the same story over and over. Because again, like, like I said, it's so multifaceted and multidimensional. And uh, so... But I want to start uh, by just reading a verse, and then we're going to back up and, and look at some of the little nuances that led to this. I'm going to go to uh, verse uh, uh, 48. would be a good place to start. 1 Samuel 17 and, and uh, 48. So it was when the Philistine arose, and he came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried. Hmm. Suddenly he was in a hurry, and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Uh, he, he, I can just see him with a burst of energy and, and, uh, and, and agility he was, uh, and all of that. But more than a burst of energy, I see him bursting forth and jumping into uh, a release of anticipation. Um, a release as a result of the anticipation that you see uh, him demonstrating even before he began to ran or began to run toward his enemy and then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth now we're going to I'm going to try to back up now and we're going to come back to that verse in just a second we're going to make our way uh, around a few things uh, on the way. Now, I want, I want to go over now to verse 
uh, the last, latter part of verse 29, and you know what's happened before that, uh, he, he has shown up there just uh, performing a menial task uh, uh, out of obedience to his father. And when he gets there, he starts experiencing the criticism um, as his older brother, uh, Eliab, and his oldest brother, when he heard the words that, uh, that, that David was speaking to the men, he was questioning, wait a minute, what's, what's going on? Who is this, who is this Philistine? Who is this, what is this loud mouth rascal doing down there? And, they, uh, and, uh, and Eliab's anger then was, was stirred and aroused against David. And he said, well, what, what are you doing here? What, why did you come here? Um, and who did you leave the, the father's sheep with in the wilderness? And um, I know your pride. I know your insolence of your heart. Uh, you're, you've come out to see the battle. You know, you're just, you're just here for all the sensationalism and such uh, and, um, and intrigue. Uh, you, uh, and, and a young 17-year-old would certainly be intrigued by those things. But he was completely um, misunderstanding the per God's purpose of the day. And he, the first place that brother went was to a place of criticism. And David said to him, and just like everybody else that was, it was, was were within the sound of his voice, no, wait a minute, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Do you people not realize that he is cursing our God? Do you, do you not realize that, that what's going on here? Do you not see it? Do you not hear his taunts, uh, the enemy's taunts? Do you and here's the thing. See, the enemy, or that Philistine, had filled the atmosphere uh, with, the, with this loud, boisterous, domineering voice he had filled the atmosphere, not unlike uh, the media is uh, filling the atmosphere today with all kinds of fear and intimidation. And here you find that Philistine doing the same thing in those days. But David, was he wasn't succumbing to it. And the reason he was, uh, he was so sensitive to it is because he hadn't been listening to it like they had for 40 days. For 40 days they had been taunted, and for 40 days the enemy had been writing the rules of engagement for this battle. David was not going to yield to that for one minute because he, he had been listening to something else. He had been listening to the Father's heart. He had been listening to, to the, the, and I won't say isolation, I'll say the solitude of where he was, there with his father's sheep, tending and caring for the sheep, uh, nurturing sheep, wrapping him, uh, swaddling sheep. I mean, he, he was in a very different place. He was not uh, accustomed to this atmosphere at all. Therefore, it was so foreign to him that he was not going to think like they thought. And so then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. Said, wait, wait a minute, Does, is there not anyone here that's getting it? That's, that's in verse 30 there. Uh, and now when the words which David spoke were heard, well, they immediately were reported to Saul. And, uh, and he sent for him. And so he goes to Saul, and, and uh, David said to Saul, he says, hey, uh, why are we, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, let no man's heart fail because of him. Why are we all standing here being held captive in discouragement and despair and dismayal and depression and fear and 
and, um, and all of those negative emotions that are holding us captive do as a result of his words. And, and that's when David spoke up and he said, we shouldn't be failing in this fear. Your servant, hey, I'm a servant. I'm your servant. I'll go out and fight this Philistine. And look what happens next. Saul said to David, you are not able to go. Here comes another layer, another wave of criticism. And Saul said to David, hey, you are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight with him. You are a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. Now right here is where I want, I want to break from this flow for, for just a second. And let's talk about these five stones. Because, you know, a few minutes ago I said, you know, David reached in the bag and he took out a stone. And we, we also know that he had, uh, uh, if you look at verse 40, that he took his staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. Now, the, the prophetic as well as the metaphorical significance here is profound. He chose five smooth stones. Some people say because that's what a good shepherd uh, boy would do uh, because he was, had the experience to know uh, that five stones would be, uh, you know, in other words, he was fully loaded uh, uh, going into a situation against something that would be uh, trying to invade and attack the sheep. And, uh, and, and, I, and I believe you probably that's one of the little idioms or uh, cultural nuance that's probably true. Um, but I think it's more significant that, than that when you look at the prophetic as well as the metaphorical significance. There were five smooth stones. Well, we think of grace. We, we also hear people uh, coyly, I think, sometimes talk about how, uh, well, he knew there was four brothers. And in case this turns into a family thing, he would be ready for it. And, and, I, and I appreciate the, those, those things, uh, those pictures and, and little word pictures. But also, uh, I noticed that <clears throat> immediately that what it was was five smooth stones. And in fact, they were not just smooth, they were smoothed. They had already been prepared for such a time as this. And, uh, and if you lay stones in the bottom of a pond somewhere, they will forever be what they are. But, uh, and because they're just trapped in the stagnation, there's nothing moving. But if there are five st stones, as ragged and rigid as they may be, laying in a, in a uh, stream, uh, you'll find out that they'll become smoothed by what the Bible can, uh, uh, speaks of as living water. Moving water, bubbling, surging, uh, force, the force of that living water, because of its movement, will prepare the weaponry, if you will, for our lives. If we're taking our artillery from a place that where the stones have been prepared, we will have the grace to face enemies um, uh, un, uh, unlike those stagnant stones that lie there. And, and I, I, I want us to look just a second at what some of these stones may have looked like. Uh, about, uh, let's go back now up to, to verse 33 where this uh, contention and criticism is happening. Saul said to David, well, but then David said to Saul, your servant, your servant used to keep his father's sheep 
And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, and I struck it. I delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck, and killed it. So your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be just like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of a living God. Hmm. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, you know what? He's going to deliver me. He, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul said to David, oh, Okay, we'll go and the Lord be with you. So, so Saul uh, clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. And, uh, and, and we all know the rest of that story. You, you know, it, it doesn't always work to uh, try to cover ourselves with what covered the last generation um, in, the, in the same way that David understood that his music uh, was, was about a whole lot more than just appeasing the emotional baggage and dealing, you know, with the emotional baggage of a former generation. This is a now day, a new day. Is there not a cause? What are we going to do in this now? Well, and that's when you see he reached, he went and he picked up those five uh, prepared smooth stones that had been prepared by living water. And uh, so let's look at these stones. He put them in the bag, and it doesn't say which one he reached in and got, but let's name those five. I think that'll help us. Uh, have some uh, a significant understanding of those, and in and in our in my next uh, podcast with you guys, I'm going to talk about them in, in, at length. But I'll just uh, kind of give you a heads up. Uh, tr- uh, stone number one he picked up was training, not just learning, but training. Uh, stone number two would have been could have been a stone of experience. You know, he's already telling. I have already fought a lion and a bear, and uh, this is what happened. And out of that experience, see, it created an, a faith and an anticipation and a bravery. And, or he could have reached in and got the stone of knowledge. He knows how to do what he's doing, and he explained how to do it. And number four, the stone of revelation. And number five, I call it the stone of relationship. And again, he could have reached in and chosen any one of those stones inadvertently because all of them can be effective in the day of battle. But there is an overarching reality here that says it's not about David reaching for the right stone. It's the fact that David reached for the right God in that day. And that's the beauty of what happened on that day is God was with him. There was a relational, there was a reality that day that he knew and God honored it and and. You know, David released the stone, whichever one it was, he released it, but God directed the flight of that stone and did what only God can do. The next time we, you hear, I'm going to take this a bit farther. And uh, God bless you.